In this episode, I sit down with Chris from D&D Dads, and we talk about memes in the gaming community, so stay tuned. If you're enjoying these episodes, first, I want to thank you for your listenership. Your support means the world to me. And for those of you who are just tuning in to the podcast, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and after this episode, leave us an honest review. Hopefully, it's a five-star review, but leave us an honest review. Your reviews actually help me um, gauge what you all want in the audience, but your reviews, especially when they're a five-star, help the channel grow. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave that review. Three, two, one. We're live. Chris, how you doing, brother? I'm hanging in there. How are you today, man? Can't complain, man. Another day, another dollar, as they say, but, you know, just uh, hanging out here. Uh, I know we were talking a little bit uh, before the show and before the episode. It's Friday, so thank God for that, man. Oh, yes. Cheers to that for the folks listening, but uh, also viewing this. Um, Chris, you know, we've known each other a little bit through the Instagram channels and whatnot, but um, if you don't mind introducing yourself and kind of who you are and uh, how long you've been playing Dungeons & Dragons, man. Yeah. um, Well, my name is Chris from D&D Dads um started the page about a year ago now to try and you know bring humor and memes and just try to go off the lightheartedness of D in general and other tabletop games spicy memes at that by the way <laughs> thank you thank you um but yeah just there is still a lot of stigma behind D in general and i have seen firsthand how much it can help not only as therapy for people, but also as a family activity with kids. And there are so many different RPG adventures for kids nowadays, from Hero Kids to, oh, what's it called? Adventure Tales, um, Tales of Equestria, when it comes to My Little Pony. There's just so many things when it comes to all that. There's um, a lot, dude. There's a there lot. There is. And there's even more coming out still, which is a great, honestly. It's a really good thing. Yeah. Um, oh, there's even that one's from WizKids that's, that just came out too. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now, but um, um, shared it a couple of days ago. Um, oh my gosh, you did share it. Let me, I'm going <laughs> to do a quick, um, not to be rude, I'm going to do a quick Instagram search on it for to make sure that I have it because now it's going to bother me. <laughs> I don't no, you're fine. Um, kind of circling back on the question in the meantime, um, I have been playing D&D off and on since I want to say 2011 in college. Oh, um, nice. When a friend okay. first turned me on to it. Um, wanted to get into it when I was younger with my with um, one of my friends and his dad, but that was their family bonding activity. Okay. Um, so that, I mean, he was like the first exposure to a D&D dad I ever saw too, for that matter. Um, they were playing second edition back then. Okay. And how did, did you, um, how was that kind of exposure um, to second edition or to Dungeons and Dragons? Like I know, you know, like you said, that was kind of your first D&D dad. Um, but how was that? Obviously I'm thinking it's a positive experience because, you know, you're here yeah. now, but you know, <laughs> how was that in the beginning? Like, did you, were you kind of enthralled and captured by Dungeons and Dragons because of the fantasy or the storytelling aspect or just, the coolness both. of 
both, okay. well, all three. <laughs> um, sure. So one thing that I would do is I would uh, sit down with my friend, his name was David, and we would just go over some of the character concepts he was trying to do and mm-hmm. what his dad was trying to put his uh, character on a path towards at the time. And I was trying to help him choose from one branch option to another for when he levels up and such. Um, but I mean, I didn't have an active part of their table because that was once again, their family time. Yeah. And my family were definitely not into that kind of thing. Yeah. I <laughs> but, hear that. Yeah. And it's um, funny that you mentioned about the family aspect because like my parents, you know, coming from Cuba, like, and moving to the States, you know, we lived in Florida from, you know, about good 10, 12 years of my life. And, um, that was just not a cultural thing, right? It was just culturally a little weird or, or not weird in a negative way. Um, I want to kind of disclaim that it wasn't a negative connotation. It was just not what Cubans did. Like, that's just not what we culturally, you know, did. We, I mean, if we were playing games, we were playing games like dominoes, um, mm-hmm. you know, or folks out there who might know, as a, know it as quote unquote Mexican train, but I grew up with it as just dominoes. You know, we played that, we played poker, and then we played some of the Milton Bradley, like the typical, like, yeah, you know, Monopoly, which, you know, that always became competitive at the house because, <laughs> you know, that's who we were. And we played that, we would play checkers, we played Parcheesi, we played a lot of those type of games. But um, when I explained to, you know, my dad was a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So when I told my dad that, hey, I can pretty much play Lord of the Rings in this manner, he was like, oh, okay, cool. No problem. Um, mm-hmm. I still haven't gotten them to play with me, which I really want to stream a one shot with my parents playing D and D. Cause I think it would be it. Cause we talk in memes and it's actually great that we, cause I've showed them <laughs> memes and now they love memes. So they kind of like, Good. we, it's awesome. They love spicy memes. My dad sends like, you know, the typical, like, and again, he, he's in, he's young, he's in his sixties. So he like sends that type of like demographic memes. If you know what I'm talking about, like, he sends like the typical Facebook or minion memes. My mom finds those cute as well. So I'm just kind of showing them D and D memes and they're like, Oh, I get this because you talk about it. So um, it's, it's pretty funny. And it is a family. Of, it's, it's kind of, it could be a really great family thing, but, um, mm-hmm. and actually, you know, kind of spurring off from that. So you, so you were exposed from your friend, David and his family, and then you mm-hmm. started playing in college. What edition did you play? In college, it was 3.5. Okay, okay. And then um, that was in the first person who basically sat down and showed me the things. And okay. then in my other friend group, we were starting, We kicked off Pathfinder. And nice. that was where I learned my very first Dungeon Master experience because no one else wanted to. They were saying, oh, hey, let's go, play Dun- let's go play Pathfinder. Okay, cool. What do we do? We don't want it to be the Dungeon Master, though. So, okay, I'll do it. How'd you like that experience? Nerve wracking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Yeah, so I didn't have any of the books. I didn't have even a dice set at the time. So I was doing everything digital. I got the digital dice off Wizards of the Coast website mm-hmm. and the SRD from <laughs> Paizo. And nice. just did some quick slap together homebrew. Okay. <laughs> okay. And um, with Pathfinder compared to D&D, how did you kind of like the differences? Did you, and especially at that time, um, 3.5 Pathfinder was kind of that 3.75, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you like about Pathfinder compared to Dungeons and Dragons? 
I definitely, I love the customization factor of it, but mm-hmm. I also hated that just because, I mean, at least, it, you know, when my feet were first getting wet, there was so much to learn. I tried to get an Excel spreadsheet and using that to make character sheets and all that. And it was just so much at that time. It was overwhelming. But once you actually got in and started learning everything that you can, mm-hmm. it made it a lot less intimidating for sure. And that's, and it's funny that you mentioned that um, the customization aspect is great from a player perspective. It's fantastic because you can really, who, you know, whatever they want to be, you can mechanically make it and it's not as much homebrew, but from a dungeon master perspective and even from a player perspective, it's really difficult <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it almost gets, you get bogged down with it, to be honest with you. It gets almost overwhelming. Yes. Now, when did you switch to 5th edition? Or when did you start playing, rather? Um, about a year and a half, two years ago or so with 5th edition. Okay. Um, wanted to get back into, into the D&D scene. And consequently, that was when one of my friends got hired on at my work. And, you know, just randomly dropped in, you know, D&D in conversation, stuff like that. And turns out he is a huge D&D fan big fan of critical role since the very beginning nice um and he just started the snowball effect from there Mm -hmm. um it was right around the time that i also was picking up on team four stars tfs at the table as well so um i was you know watching that and learning oh these these guys using fifth edition it's a lot different than the 0.5 and then i started picking up the player's handbook i was like okay okay yeah, let's get this going. Nice. Uh, it's um, fifth edition compared to Path, because I was part of the Pathfinder Society at my local game store. Actually, mm. ironically called your local game store here in North Carolina. <laughs> in, in the Char- well, it's in the Matthews Mint Hill area within Charlotte. Charlotte's like a bunch of different like towns and stuff. It's really like a conglomerate. It's like a confederation of different towns. But, um, you know, it, I learned about Pathfinder Society and I was like, oh, cool, you know, this is great. Then when the fifth edition came out, I, w- I hate to say it this way, but I was like, huh, would I rather spend like an hour, 30 minutes to an hour creating like a full character and going through like session zero like this or, you know, I'm an hour into just, you know, finishing my character in Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. That kind of started going into the fifth edition <laughs> stuff. So you've been playing fifth edition now for about two, three years or so, or you said a year and a half, two years, excuse me. Um, And you started this, honestly, I don't want to just say this meme page because I feel like in our culture and society, like a meme page is almost like, oh, they just make memes. But you actually make, you you share a lot of funny stuff within the, um, within the hobby and within the culture. Could you explain like what, your motive behind that was i mean you mentioned earlier you want to bring humor but um could you dive a little bit deeper into that i mean yeah um i'll be completely honest when i first started the dnd dads page it was you know just to get some memes and humor out to help grow the page but i also wanted to get some actual down-to-earth advice and tips and just Mm -hmm. playing in general um going with community but time-wise has kind of constricted that um 
unfortunately. I'm sure you know how that is sometimes. Yes, I do. Um, but, I mean, there are so many different things from mental health to parenting mm. to new games, new models, new tips, all these things that are coming out that are just being completely washed over people either because there's just so much information or what have you. Mm. They're just trying to make it some kind of hub is what I'm trying to do with the D&D dance page. So at least some people can go to there and say, okay, here's some of the information I like. Um, I don't even know if that's the best way to describe it, quite honestly. No, that's but. awesome. I mean, it's, it's a great way to describe it. it. It seems like, you know, what you're doing is you're, bring, you're teaching folks about D&D through humor. And that's a great, that's a beautiful thing. I don't think, I, I think we often miss that, like, we can learn a lot when we laugh together. Yes. And I will actually share that I've had a couple people message me on the Facebook group, on the uh, Instagram group, and say that they have been sending some of the memes I shared to their friends. And that has actually kickstarted their interest in wanting to get a game going. That's legit, man. That's awesome. It, and that, those are the kind of messages I live for, dude. That you see, I love that. That makes my heart so happy because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of folks like they talk about the followers and the likes and the this and the that. And, you know, actually I just right on, you know, time of recording, I just hit like 6,000 followers on Instagram. Congrats, which, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't mean to sound conceited because that, you know, you, when you're building content, when you're creating content, that's like, oh, it's hard work. And you get that when those numbers increase, it's so, it's such an awesome feeling, but I correlate that with the DMS that I get of people saying, Hey man, I love your content. Thank you for sharing. I never thought of it like this, or, Hey, your idea is going to like, I'm going to actually use this to um, start like playing and stuff like that. And the, you know, the craziest thing is like some of the memes that I've been, cause I, 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 besides miniatures, one of the things I love to, I'm a connoisseur of fine memes as well. <laughs> so I, I like to create memes and, and, you know, cause everyone loves memes really. It's just, it's, yeah. it's the expression of comedy in today's culture. Um, we can all kind of resonate with that thing. And some of the things that I, you know, as, as you know, with everything going on in the world, everyone needs a good laugh, but yes. I've noticed, and I've noticed with like your content, man, like I have not seen a negative thing because you know how people are um, in, in today's society. Everything is so tense that you can, you can produce a meme or you can produce a piece of content and people will start to react to it differently. But in your content, man, you've like, I have always seen a decorum of like, peace but also like a, a sense of like community that like even veteran gamer, gamers are loving it right Dude, and then it, you know what i mean it is astounding it really is um sorry go ahead and finish what you're saying oh no dude i, I just i love the fact that you've been be, you like i'm so glad that you've been able to bring that type of humor and that type of like can you've been able to like kind of you know bring that family within the D and D and the tabletop community kind of together so we can just laugh. And it's been awesome. Yes. And I mean, even on some of the most divisive topics like 3.5 versus 5e or 5e <laughs> yeah. versus Pathfinder, there, there is just general respect for each other's opinions in that matter. And it's awesome. I mean, 
there yeah there are very very seldom any times it's ever had any kind of negative comments i mean there was only like one or two times i've actually had to jump in and said hey knock it off on the comment chains and they uh, they both even apologized to to each other and it went on from there i mean that's you don't rare see that in many anything online for that matter Hell whether no. it's reddit facebook or what have you reddit is horrible when it like twitter's a dumpster fire reddit is like horrible yeah, i don't even I mean, go on twitter yeah no like i i honestly when i started seeing the dumpster fire that twitter was i started posting more like positive thoughts and messages besides like the other con you know the you know kind of short text forms that i was posting <clears throat> because i was like dang there's like a lot of like, this is a dumpster fire. Like this is a complete crap storm of just like negativity and stuff. I mean, and, and misinterpretation, misinterpretation mm. and misinformation, especially like, I mean, I can go into the misinformation cause that's kind of my bread. That's my day job. That's my bread and butter. And, <laughs> you know, cause I, I, I work in technology. So we're, we get slammed with it, but you know, there, you know, recently there was, um, talk and, and as you know, this at time of recording, there's this whole issue with like combat wheelchairs, right? I don't know if you've heard that or seen it. Possibly. Can you refresh my memory? Okay. So basically, and for the audience out there that knows a little bit more than I do, please correct me. Um, feel free to in the comments or, you know, DM me, message me, because I don't want to be wrong in this, but someone brought up a really good um, homebrew kind of item, fifth edition compatible combat wheelchair. Yeah, it was, I read through it. And again, I don't know who, um, I don't know who did it. I think she, I, I don't know. I, I want to say she, either way, I read it and in passing like third party. And I was like, holy crap, this is really good. Like, why didn't I think about this? I think that was like, <laughs> that's where I was like, dang it. Like, you know, I quite literally saw Avatar The Last Airbender and remember like that, the, I think it was season one or two. Um, the, um, the air, the air nomad. Yeah. The air nomad yeah. when he had technically a combat wheelchair and he flew and glided and did all this stuff. And I was like, I saw that episode and I was like, dang it. I didn't think about it, but you know, this person wrote a great piece, great homebrew item and people started dogging on it, you know, for lack of better words. And I was like, dude, what the hell, man? Like, first off, it's Dungeons and Dragons. It's a fantasy world. This mm -hmm. is a fantasy world where we get to tell stories together. If you want to have a combat wheelchair, like, by all means, you should have that. But on Twitter, it has blown up. It has become crazy. And it's become one of those things that people started getting really offended by it and, and then started defending it. So it just was, it was building the fire and, and jeremy crawford just yeah tell me about oh, it dude I, I was like even hey, crawford got in crawford got into it yeah he was like this is dungeons and dragons if you want to have it like and i posted something about it i tweeted out and said i'm pretty sure i tweeted out but i know i responded to a lot of people in the community i said listen if you if you're worried about combat wheelchairs like bruh like you <laughs> there's no like on the contrary, become, you know, combat wheelchair plus gunslinger class, like, dude, that would be epic. That would be like, you know, that would be legit. Like that would be so right. the amount of things like a warlock who is using combat wheelchair, like, come on. And right. again, 
It doesn't I can matter. think of just three different class builds right off the top of my head that could incorporate that in-game raw without yes. any issues. Absolutely. Like, I went gunslinger because I saw a funny meme that, like, because, of course, the internet is awesome, and they made a meme. It's like this, and they said the new, uh, I, I, I can't give credit because I don't remember who, but it was gunslinger class, and it was, like, a Gatling gun and a wheelchair. And I was like the new gunslinger wheelchair combo. And I was like, this is epic. Of course. Like, why didn't I think of this? But um, yeah, it's but just, that's, little- that's one of the best part about the memes because I mean, yes, it's meant to be funny, but it just kicks off the inspiration like crazy. Absolutely. And it's also a cultural reference to say, Hey, listen, like we make, we, you know, if, if you look at, com- you know, look at comedians back in the day, look at Don Rickles, you know, m- you know, Mr. Warmth himself, as he was known. And for the folks in the audience who don't know, Don Rickles was this OG comedian. He was, he used to, he was kind of like insult com- comedy, but it wasn't like, oh, you're this or you're that. He was just very, he was very witty and he was friends with like, oh no, you're fine, man. Uh, he was friends with like Frank Sinatra and all these other people and he, you know, would make fun of himself. He would make fun of other people. Um, and that's kind of what comedy is. You're making fun of those things and you're kind of building that thick skin and you're building that, you know, kind of repertoire where you can, if you can laugh at yourself, that means a lot. That says a lot. And memes do the same thing. If you can laugh at something, if you can joke around, I mean, dude, I'm Cuban. As I said, like (laughs) the memes that I share with my parents, like they get it and it crosses different generations because you can get it. So it's quite interesting to think like that. But, um, sorry, I just had to take an earbud out because I think I just heard something upstairs. Oh no, you're good. So, and that's the cool thing about D&D, man, is that, and especially with memes, like I said, it can cross the generations, it can cross um, different, even different ethnic backgrounds and different cultures. So with- You bring that up, mm -hmm. sorry, I just want to go ahead and share this real quick since I actually pulled up my insights on my uh, page. Yeah. So real quick, I have people, let's see, 6.5% between the ages of 13 to 17, 0.8%. 65 plus that's awesome we have people over the age of 65 following this page as well as under the age of 18 with of course a major major spread between 18 to 34 because i mean that's who mainly uses instagram but for sure that's the demographic anyway i mean mean, this is just nuts and that's the thing it's like you know the fact that you can because you know i talk i love talking about the demographics and the you know the business side of things as well like um you know, obviously we know TikTok is like, well, TikTok is a, is its own monster. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it does reach to the younger audience and it reaches like the 18 and below, which again, they're the future consumers of Dungeons and Dragons. If, if from a business perspective, if you think about it, they're the future consumers right. of Dungeons and Dragons. So a lot of folks who in the D and D community who are there, that's great. Um, from a tech perspective, like I, I definitely don't, I used to recommend it. And then I found, you know, because of my line of work, like the uh, security issues with it. Yeah. Huge security issues, which everyone should be concerned with. I know this is a Dungeons and Dragons and nerdy um, podcast, but yeah, that you should be very concerned with your, with the security issues, but apparently Microsoft is going to buy it. So if that happens, it might, that actually might be better. 
And then you can post even funnier videos on there, especially that's D&D related. But exactly. it's so cool that you have those insights, those um, demographics consuming your memes and just getting a laugh out of it. Yeah, and I mean, quite honestly, I did not expect this page to blow up as much as it did. Dude. I thought that, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and dad jokes would not be near as popular as I thought it would be. Well, it would just be, you know, just really niche. And, you know, my wife yells at me as it is because I tell too many dad jokes. But I, I, mean, club, I guess other people had the same feeling. Well, you know <laughs> what, dude? And that's the thing. This is the era where dad jokes are people appreciate dad jokes. Like look at the meme pages like class or what I think it's classy dad moves, neat dad, middle-class fancy. Like they are like the typical like dad joke (laughs) meme or like meme pages. And honestly, man, like people appreciate it. My wife doesn't, might not appreciate, I shouldn't say she doesn't (laughs) for, you know, I do want, I don't want her to, sound you know like she hates all my dad jokes but i try to use dad jokes in my conversations i get a chuckle every now and then so i'm doing well obviously you're doing really well with those dad jokes but um how do you see the future of like dungeons and dragons now that you know it's become a little bit obviously like from to the point where there's memes right there's memes Mm -hmm. of dungeons and dragons you know critical role is getting into you know they're they're getting into i don't know if they're and I technically, I know it's their second season, but they just crossed their hundredth episode of the second season. Where do you see Dungeons and Dragons going, man? Quite honestly, I think it all depends on timing. Okay. Because right now, I mean, I don't want to make it sound kind of bad, but Paizo hasn't been able to capture and recapture a lot of its market that they did mm. when they did Pathfinder 2. And D&D 5e is hugely popular. Yeah. But in order to keep that up, I mean, they are having to release source books and content books, but I mean, there's, I mean, we have everything for Forgotten uh, sorry, Forgotten Realms, but there's almost no lore books. There's mm-hmm. minimal class composition subclasses. So we're still waiting on a 5.5 uh, handbook to come out. And unless Wizards really kind of picks up on that um i think they're just going to shoot themselves in the foot mm-hmm. and they we don't want them to oversaturate the market like they did with 3.5 as well so yeah. there has to be some kind of middle ground between them releasing the content that people need to flesh out official worlds mm-hmm. as well as making sure that any kind of competitors that come into the market with even more competitors coming in every single day from the world of He-Man and She-Ra to My Little Pony and mm-hmm. oh, I think there was a Thundercats one that came out sometime too. Mm-hmm. Um, Pokemon. There's just so many different ones. I know there's a Pokemon 5e. I'm actually a part of their Discord channel um, because Pokemon's one of my favorite IPs. But there's a Thundercats? I saw one fan made at least. I don't think there's an official one. Um, but <laughs> I was gonna say, well, that's it, folks. That's the episode. I'm just kidding. No, I wouldn't. No, because Thundercats is such a great IP. And it is. Oh my gosh! Like, I that, just that's heard, my childhood right there. Yeah, dude. They just put it on Hulu too. They put. Are you serious, dude? They put the original and they put the remake. 
you see, I have some issues with the remake. I haven't seen the remake, so I... It is vastly different from the original. Um, okay, granted. Also, it got canceled after like two seasons. Oof. So, Dang. GG. It, it, it has some good moments if you separate it from the original. I feel but, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, and I mean, it's... I hate, I hate seeing that because... You know, going back to what you were saying about like the Forgotten Realms and the lore books, like, yes, we need more lore books and we need to flesh out some of these things. We also need to touch back on old school, like, worlds. We went to Eberron. That's awesome. We went to Barovia. Huh? Dragonlance? Yes. Thank you. We need Dragonlance. (laughs) How about Spelljammer? How about, you know, a little Planescape? Just How about Ravenloft in general? I mean, we yeah. have a Curse of Strahd, um, just collector's edition coming out. Can you also put down a Ravenloft source book along with it? That would be amazing in my mind. You would have all my money. Like, the, and not that y'all don't already, but um, how about Dark Sun? I know that's a little bit of an iffy topic, but Dark Sun was a great, it was really a great setting. Um. And that's way back. I mean, Dark Sun touched on a lot of issues of like slavery and things of that. Mm-hmm. And again, that's, I, I'm the type of person that thinks like, you know, if we talk about it, we're able to kind of like heal from it. Just like if we laugh about something, we're able to heal from it. Um, but there's so many different things that, yeah, we focus on Forgotten Realms. We focus on all these things, but it's almost like I, my mind works better. It's like flesh out everything before moving on to like a sixth edition or like even a 5.5, like, yes, I would love, I would like to see if it, okay. My stance, if I saw more classes and if it, if it was, if they said, okay, we're going to release more classes in a 0.5 or a 5.5, I'd say, okay, no problem. But the other part of me is like, huh, just release it. Don't call it point, you know, 5.5 just release the classes and it can still be a part of the fifth edition compendium, but Mm -hmm. just release it kind of like release the Snyder cut, just release it. (laughs) Well, with 5.5, I seriously thought they were going to be doing that for the next book when that UA dropped. Mm, Um, The one back in March, I think it was, you know, which one I'm talking about. Yeah. I did a, I did a couple of uh, live Q and A's about it. Um, The re and something and it actually dealt with like some of the magic there was a i know there was a rogue and a wizard there was a bunch a bard there was they pretty much released a bunch of ua stuff which when i read it they always have a pattern like the first class is really op the second class is really rp centered and then the mm-hmm. third class is like a mix like that's that's the that's if, if that's the algorithm i can i pitch again i i speak in memes you know it's that <laughs> Uh, from Key and Peel, where he's yes. sweating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if anyone from D&D is hearing that, I feel like if I if that algorithm is true, I kind of picture that meme going on right now. Where there's Honestly, sweating. as soon as you say that, I think back to the most recent UA that just dropped. I'm just like, yeah, that, that bard. What was it? That bard? Or, no, the warlock. Yep, the no, warlock. Was the bar- it the was warlock. a warlock. It was a warlock. Okay. Yeah, just that one is just... Oh my god! I I would hate to DM Dude, that character. That would suck. Now to play it <laughs> would be awesome. But, oh yeah, but, but to DM it would be a nightmare. It'd just be like, all right, um, 
why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing, like, you know, for the folks that are listening to this that are newer to Dungeons and Dragons, like fifth edition is honestly the best time to come into Dungeons and Dragons. So for like, oh, and without like, a doubt, it, it's it, the, the, stru- the balance that it strikes between RP and combat. A lot of people, I feel logically understand it, <clears throat> but when you conceptualize it, you have to also internalize it because then you wouldn't have the problems of, or the confrontations of like the combat wheelchair debacle. Like that shouldn't even have been a debacle because that's the beauty of fifth edition. You can homebrew a lot and it gives you the power to homebrew. And that's one of the reasons why I love 5e over 3.5 or Pathfinder original, just because those, those two editions took DM agency away. It really did. And focus more of a rule for absolutely every single scenario you could possibly think or not think of. Mm-hmm. And now brings everything back into the DM's hands. And yes, you're going to have those tyrannical or those, and well, I mean, I'm not going to call them inept DMs, but the people who might be in over their heads, for example. For sure. And yes, there's always been the bad, but there's also be the people who actually have their creative license run rampant. And yes. yes. I mean, I'm going to take some flack for this, but I, I, I was actually the few people that liked Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Okay. I mean, I'm not a Magic the Gathering person. However, I love the faction rules that it introduced mm-hmm. and everything that had to do with that. It just, I mean, I am a big faction person in general. And one of the homebrews I was writing at the time when that came out has to do with factions and who's for the crown, who's for the people and things like that. And I was just like, Oh yeah, I can write that in right here now. And it's, I love that you bring that up, man, because like I, so my, before I got married, um, really before I met my wife, I would go to the game store every day because I was really blessed to live I would say maybe a five minute walk from my game store, maybe a minute drive. Right. <clears throat> and Monday nights, it was family game night. So kind of going back to what we were talking about, there was family game night where people could, you know, play or rent a game, um, any type of tabletop game, but you, you would see a lot of family playing D and D because again, it was, you know, folks, that was kind That's of their amazing. family. It, that, it was, it really was. And Timothy and Rebecca shout out to them who own your local game store here in Charlotte really emphasize that family behavior, that family atmosphere. Um, but Wednesdays back in the day, you, you know, there was, um, it was MTG draft. So you would draft and you would do, you know, you play, do all that cool stuff. And you later on, it became standard and modern. So I played uh, a lot of magic and then Wednesday as well as Wednesdays, I believe, or Thursdays, um, they had Pathfinder Society. So it was like, I was pretty much playing D&D, Pathfinder, Magic, Pathfinder, Magic, and or D&D, depending on the, or nice. and then Saturdays. Yeah, I was playing like pretty much Monday through Saturday because Sunday I had, you know, I had some uh, family commitments and other obligations. And it's funny that you, you mentioned the whole family time and spending, fa- like I saw more families playing together and especially young families like us, where we are Good. showing, 
you know, it's kind of the ebbs and flows, right? Of, and that's why like things like Pokemon are really big again and collecting and, and the trading card game. It's really big because we who grew up watching Pokemon are now showing our kids Pokemon. And that's the, the same type of kind of thought process and uh, kind of mentality that's going on with like D&D. But it so mm-hmm. happens to be that fifth edition is what we're teaching our kids. Thank God. Because yes. <laughs> I think, yes. you know, I love, I love some of the older editions, even though like I played like a really weird version of the original editions. Because like I said, no one in my family played and all, all my friends, you know, we just made up our own rules. That's what you did. Um, and which is, you know, completely heathenistic nowadays, obviously, some people, obviously I would, <laughs> I would, I would have, I would, you know, they'd burn me at the stake for sure. Absolutely. I'd be like, GG bros. <laughs> Bye. Like it just, that's what it, but that's what I learned, you know, as a you know little kid, like growing up, I mean, most of my friends didn't even want to play D and D except for, res- you know, a very reserved few, but now this generation is growing up with, you know, rather our kid, you know, the kids generation, yeah. our kids rather growing up with fifth edition, new folks coming in because of critical role. Cause let's be honest, man, critical role brought a lot of people. Oh yeah. And, and I will, great. I will admit, I'm not a big fan of critical role. It's just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I, I like it in general as you know what it is, but it's just not my cup of tea in general. I enjoy but, it as entertainment and I really, you know, Obviously, like if I ever get the chance to have any of the cast from Critical Role on the podcast, I and I and I would tell them the same thing. I love what it's done for the community, first and foremost. I might not ever DM like Matt Mercer, which I think Matt Mercer would I can confidently say he doesn't want you to DM like him. He wants he's actually on record saying that too. Yeah, he you know and he's the type of person and he said it before like he wants you to find his style and honestly i wouldn't be intimidated by him playing in my game i know Mm -hmm. that sounds a little ballsy but (laughs) i really wouldn't because he's the type of person and that and the cast of critical role are the type of people they know they're obviously you're constantly learning but they're the type of people that if you say something for a certain reason, they go along with it. Even yeah. if it goes against the rule, because they, they, I feel like they believe in the rule of cool. Same thing with the folks from Acquisitions Incorporated, which again, old, you know, the, the earlier packs, like, you know, uh, Acquisitions Incorporated episodes with like Chris Perkins as the DM and like, you know, Patrick Rothfuss and their characters like, and you know, Binwin bronze bottom who oh my gosh like just penny arcade like comedians and all this like uh, that was fantastic again humor brought a lot of people together and yes. playing fifth edition i mean they actually i think they started out um fourth edition with acquisitions incorporated but um either way all these different shows have come up and kind of introduced people to D. so mm-hmm. i think there's there's merit in that i think there's a lot of I, again, I don't DM like Matt Mercer and I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think anyone should, you know, be a, be an exact copy of another person, find your own style, take from what you like and find your own style. But the reason I bring all that up is with like comedy, with humor, with all the things that 
you know, whether, you know, for you, you have found humor to be kind of the medicine of choice, right? Um, what do you, and, and this is going to be a bit of a long question, so I apologize. Okay. I believe everyone has a bit of a gift, right? Everyone has a gift and everyone has a bit of a calling, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, you have found kind of your calling in the community to bring humor, to bring lightness, to bring, to teach people through humor. For the people in their own life who have maybe a similar gift or a different gift, but don't know how, they want to share this gift, right? They want to share this yeah. gift with the community, but they don't know how. What would you recommend on how to start that process? How do you start that process from recognizing your gift and then acting on it and sharing it with the community or with your community? Ooh, that is I know. I know. Big question. I know. I know. It's just, there are so many different variables that can go into it with each person's comfort level and each mm-hmm. person's, I mean, ability and resources and everything along those lines. But well, how did you I mean, do it then? What's that? How did you do it then? If you don't mind me asking. Well, I mean, very first off, I was already part of different D and D groups on Facebook. So mm-hmm. I was already being exposed to the memes and I was already seeing how the community was revolving around them, which mm-hmm. actually helped me gravitate towards that when it came to D&D Dads. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the very first thing I guess I could say is establish yourself as part of the community if you haven't already done so. Mm-hmm. So you can tap into how the community feels about X, Y, and Z, whether it is because of humor, mental health, um, suggestions, tips, things along those lines. So you know where those needs arise. I mean, every once in a while, I will get questions or I will get um, suggestions or one thing or another for anything that I might post or any, and it might inspire them to say, hey, I've been looking to try and do this myself. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you suggest? And a lot of it is typically there's just a lot of anxiety in the community. Um, Mm, They are afraid of being compared to Matt Mercer. They are afraid of crashing and burning. They're afraid of being mocked for that matter. Yeah. And I hate that, honestly, but it really sucks, man. It it really sucks that they feel that. But I mean, just the best thing I can think to tell them is, look, this is what you want to do. Um, I'm going back to, you said the gifts and stuff. I mean, this is what you love. This is what you enjoy. Mm. Find yourself the community that already enjoys that rather than trying to attach that to a different community. Get, get your workout to show them, Hey, this is some of the stuff that I've had. Is there any kind of feedback you might be able to provide to me? And then use that to kind of kickstart your own stuff. Um, there are two map makers I follow here on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, Shing and I want to say Lanny, I cannot, I'm sorry, I cannot remember their nicks at the moment, but they are amazing map makers. And I'm sure that they had, they and others have had the same kind of. Is it Shining Cartography? Yes, that's one of them. Yep. Yes. Yeah, she's badass. She is. She makes maps that I'm like, bro, like. And it's all by hand. I've seen some of the videos that she's done with them by hand. I, I'm not that. I'm not that kind of artistic. No. Ah, okay, so <laughs> my art level is stick figures, and I'm proud of it. But that's pretty much it. Yeah. 
I mean, with a, you know a little bit of shading in here and there. Of course, yeah, of course. You know, there it's um, no. But, she, you know, shout out to Shining Cartographer because she makes the most badass maps, hand drawn. So when you she you will you can get, have her you can commission something to her, and it's going to be gold. It's so worth the money. That's actually one of the things I want to yeah. do. Lenny, Path of Inspiration was the other person. Yes. Sorry, I, I wanted to go no, ahead no, no. and shout I her abs- out too on top of Shining. I absolutely, yes. Two badass cartographers that are like, you know. Both women too on top of that, which is hell yeah. awesome in this community too. And that's the thing. It's, it's, you know, and kind of adding to what you were saying, like a lot of times, even though we're a very accepting community, you know, there's some people who I think they become gatekeepers. And I just actually learned about that term. I didn't, ironically, I didn't know that term. I didn't really know what that term was. Um, And I, that's, that's bad on my part, but I think people become gatekeepers because they hold on to something deeply. That means a lot to them. And change is very, change is kind of scary to people, right? Mm -hmm. Change is very scary in every other sense. I mean, look at the world we're living in, you know, the different changes that we're going through is it's, it can bring anxiety, but having two badass female, you know, cartographers, women cartographers that are just like, they're making a huge impact and they're showing people literally, this is my gift. And like you said, this is my gift. I'm going to be in this community. I'm going to make myself known in the community, but I'm a part of the community. Mm-hmm. You, you nailed it, dude. Like, and, and, and- I think, Yeah. And um, I just want to touch on Path of Inspiration because she had made a post about it the other day. Okay. I mean, yes, she went out, she made her part of the community, Mm -hmm. and now she is actually getting commissioned for a Kickstarter by the DMs layer. No kidding. I'm not sure sure if you know his YouTube channel, Luke's YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I follow it all the time. And the fact that she got commissioned for his Kickstarter work is amazing in my mind. And... I mean, it shows that, no, you don't have to be a multi-million dollar, um, you know, artistic company to be able to get your name out there like that either. Absolutely not. And I think actually, too, with the rise of fifth edition um, comes the rise of fifth edition compatible products. Yes. And, excuse me, something that I noticed, too, is that there's, a you know, the Arcane Library. She, Kelsey, she's been on my, on the, she's been on the show before. And she is a friend of the podcast. She's an amazing writer. She wrote alongside a lot of different uh, content creators, including Matt the Pickle Dragon. But she writes a lot of solo independent things that are just brilliant. It's brilliant stuff that she's writing. And she talks about it on the episode about how she kind of got into the community as well and started writing and, and producing these things. But, you know, this is also an epic time to if you are a writer, right? If you're, if you're writing your yeah. own campaigns, um, kind of like you said, it's the same formula. You get into the community, you become a part of the community and you start sharing what you have with the community and you start showcasing that. And you can quite honestly make a, you know, a side hustle or a living, but you can yeah. also share your love of it too, because obviously it should be balanced, right? I don't knock anyone who, um, does D and D stuff for a living. Not at all. I don't, 
you know, I think honestly, more power to them, honestly, they're actually able to make their hobby into career. That's amazing. Tell me the secret. Cause that's what I, you know, <laughs> that, that's my dream job, man. I actually, I was on LinkedIn and saw that they, uh, wizards of the coast is hiring a VP of a, I think creative design or something like that. And I was like, huh, maybe I should apply. But, um, then again, I'm just like, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, that's a whole different topic, but you know, cause obviously like that's the dream as nerds, like we want to do this for a living. We want to be playing for a living. Um, yeah. And I don't knock anyone who wants to go into this monetarily as well. I think, you know, good on you for, you know, this is at least again, this is my opinion. This is a great time to start to say, you know what, do things that make you happy. If playing D and D makes you happy, jump right into it. If being a part of the community makes you happy, jump right into it. It's a lot better than the alternative, right? And honestly, of all times, this year is the perfect time to do it. Absolutely. The world is falling apart. You might not get it 2021. Do it right now if you have any reservations. Absolutely. And that's the thing. And this, and you know, we're not saying doomed, it's not a doomsday thing, but like right. we're just reminded that tomorrow is never promised. Mm-hmm. Like it, to, this year showed us that tomorrow is never promised. And the things that we held dear, the things that we would always say of, of you know what, uh, next year I'm going to go to Gen Con, right? That, I'll be honest, that's kind of how I was thinking. I was like, oh man, this mm-hmm. year I'm going to go to Gen Con. I'm going to do it. And obviously 2020 happened. And I, you know, I thought to myself, I spoke with my wife about this and I was like, you know, I've always played it very safe when it's come to that. I've always been responsible and said, you know, well, I'm going to plan for this and do that. Not saying that that's a bad thing, but what I'm saying is take that opportunity. This year is the year to remind us of, Hey, if you have a passion, if you have a love, if you have a desire to, you know, and especially in the D and D world to play with your friends, like Mm -hmm. take that opportunity, cherish that time, you know, don't be on your phone when you're playing a game. Right. I mean that not only because of the etiquette, but, unless you're looking up a spell or something, but right. like, enjoy that personal time with your friends because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And that's just a simple fact. And, you know, you said something that I really, really, um, it's hit me and I really appreciate it that you said it where it's like, you know, when you jump into the community, be a part of the community. Don't just, you know, obviously like based on your personality, you, you want to be in it as much as you can. That doesn't mean like joining a thousand different discords and no, no, no. no, I can't keep track of a lot of discords and I feel so guilty, but you know, thank again, the D and D community is very welcoming and loving and accepting, but um, you know, jump in and say, Hey, my name's so-and-so. How are you? I've only, I've been playing for this amount of time and I just want to be a part of it. And quite honestly, you may or may not regret it because we're the community that, that says, oh, cool. We give you a group hug, so to speak. And we pretty much say, hey, here you go. Look at all this cool stuff. That's kind of who we are. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you saying that, man. Now, um, kind of moving along, because I did want to make sure that I touched on this. Um, I know, and if correct me if I'm wrong, you are gonna, you're being part of or you're partnering up with a fundraising opportunity. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I've been looking to try and get some kind of charity going. Oh, sorry, not charity going, but partnering with some kind of charity to get funds out and awareness of things. 
and came across Extra Life doing some of their ramping up of advertisement of their campaigns and programs that they're doing. Okay, uh, the Jones Miracle Network. Um, So I am actually getting a fundraising giveaway going um, to not only raise awareness for Extra Life, but also get the funds going to a couple couple hospitals. Um, Since I'm in West Virginia, we'd be looking at, at least on my side, the Children's Miracle Network of WVU Medicine. Okay. Um, And if you haven't heard of Children's Miracle Network or Extra Life, they are doing some amazing work with, of course, children Mm -hmm. um, who are stuck in the hospital, um, especially those who might be affected by COVID-19 at this time. Wow. uh, And their families too. Um, So I'm going to be doing a raffle giveaway with that. with not only their permission, but also sponsored by a couple of companies. Oh, we cool. have companies such as Die Hard Dice, Phoenix Dice, Elderwood Academy, um, Got DM is also going to be part of it uh, with Ray's sponsor baller, as well. Dude. I know Ray, yep. he's a good guy. And then um, Hero Forge is actually also getting in on it too. Um, Legit. So we, we've got some amazing sponsors um, who's going to be giving away some great prizes i've already seen a couple of these things coming in and um i actually reached out to a couple other members of community which you probably know including josh from npc voices um brianna flame uh, ray from got dm love them too um, (laughs) and cam from dnd coalition love them too they're all they're family man (laughs) i reached out to each of them and said hey would you mind joining up with me to do this to um, basically join my fundraising team and get all this going. Mm-hmm. And they seem excited. We're going to, I'm still trying to get a couple of things finalized with um, sponsors and giveaway and all in the actual page itself, but I'm hoping to get that up next week. That's awesome, man. And that, and the, the beauty about this, uh, about this community is we're always helping one another out. We're always helping one another, whether it's a Kickstarter, whether it's a fundraiser, oh. Whether it's a stream, you know? Um, actually, real quick, I do have one thing to tell you that it, so this was about three, no, four weeks ago or so mm-hmm. on the actual D&D Dad's Facebook group I made up. Yeah. We had a person come up to me and she messaged me and said, hey, um, I'm trying to sell a couple of my D&D books because I need to get money for I'm not going to get into the personal reasons and For all sure. that, but she posted on, uh, she sent that to me. I said, you know what? Sure. Go ahead and advertise it on the Facebook page. And yeah. I mean, it's for a good reason. For sure. Obviously. Yeah. Um, she posted it and first person commented said, I will give you the money, but I don't want your books because this was in regards to, I mean, I guess I'll give some of it away that she needed money for, her getting ready to give birth and she was hitting a situation where her fiance had just gotten laid off. And I mean, she's pregnant. She's getting ready to get laid off as well with all that or um, have her income suspended. And they were just trying to, you know, hit the next end of the month bill kind of thing. Yeah. So they were liquidating their stuff to damn. Yeah. The, let me tell you that the, the sheer, response that happened on that page organically is amazing. I think they round up 
I think the group itself donated three hundred dollars or something like that towards her. Damn. And not even no GoFundMe or anything like that. It was just hundred percent organic. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to say that. No, this. I hate thinking in the negatives and all that, you know, but no, it wasn't a scammer or anything like that either. No. And she even did a follow-up post with the baby being born and everything like that. It's, oh. Yeah. Another member of the D&D it, community. <laughs> yep, and her her fiancé uh, husband became a D&D dad with all that. But, I mean... That, you see, that's just, a type of story. It's 100% organic thing. That, though, just a response behind it all. If you would have seen it from the very start to the finish, it was just a hell of a roller coaster. Because, you see, and that's the thing, man. That makes my heart, like, so happy. Because that's what it's about. Like, we are a family. We're a community. We are a group of people that, you know, historically speaking, nerds have kind of been the outcast of society. Mm-hmm the geeks and everything and now it's so popular which is great i'm not i'm not you know hating on that at all no and i i'm glad that people see the awesome um experiences that you can have but the true the D culture is such a loving you know community yeah. excuse me and um it's really cool that one you're able to help out with um that fundraiser for um you know for this for this specific charity and whatnot obviously let me know how i can help because i'd love to um and we can talk about that a little bit after the episode but let me know how i can help because i'd love to help but just the fact that people in your community helped someone else out especially this you know young woman and um or this you know this this particular member of the group that's just who we are like that is absolutely who we are in the community and that's what yeah this is why i love this community so much it's it's dude it makes it makes me so proud to be a part of it (laughs) i mean i've seen people who without a moment's notice they will just back a random kickstarter like i mentioned before not just not because they actually want the product but because they want these people to succeed we all that's the thing it's you know cameron actually from the DD coalition talks about you know we all rise together so to speak like you know we we all when we when one succeeds we all succeed and vice versa and you know, some people may have experienced that. Some people may not. Obviously, it's not a perfect world and we're not a perfect group um, because there are some people who would say, well, you know, I've never experienced that. I kind of did everything on my own, but which may be true. And I'm not going to take that away from anyone. But what I will say about this community, though, is when you give your heart and soul to the community, they return it like they give your yeah. heart and, their heart and souls back. And it's very unique. You don't see that. Cause I mean, not like I, I feel sometimes like an odd man out because like, I, I totally like with Joe Manganello, he's like jocks mocking it. Right. Like he's the oh God, nerd yeah. and he's dude, he's the G. Um, I would, <laughs> you know, love to have him on the podcast. I'd love to actually, I'd, I'd just love to meet him sometime. Oh, he, absolutely. I'd love to meet him. I'd like, I'd like to, uh, he and I, you know, I know he loves cigars. I love cigars too. I'd love to have a cigar with him and talk to him about his life and talk to him about gaming. Um, but I would also love to play a game with him, but I bring up Joe because Joe, I feel is that other embodiment, right? Obviously he's using his celebrity status to really 
showcase how cool D&D is and the positive aspect of it. Yes. You know, you mentioned earlier, and, and again, tying into the charity and raising money for, you know, for charity through the D&D community. You also talked about how it's really great for mental health. Like not only, and obviously we're not therapists here, but or at least, you know, not that I know of, you know, like I, I you know, I, I always open my door to people who ever want to talk, but I'm not an official therapist. Right. But it's the thing it does from a th- mental health perspective, just the simple fact of, man, I've really had a crap day, but you know what? I get to play D and D with my friends yes. and it takes away, you know, some people could say, Oh, that's escapism. Well, so is football for a lot of people. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, yeah. X amount of Sundays per year, you're, you're watching football with friends. It's the same thing. It's escapism. And I think in this type of escapism, you're telling a story, which again, allows you to be creative, but, and I don't know about you, but I've also felt that, and and I have personal experience of personal things that I've had to deal with in a negative situation come to light in D and D. And I was able to talk about it positively. And I think that's a beautiful thing that we don't talk about often in the community, how it can be a help from you know, for yes. any type of mental health issues, but, or any mental health obstacles rather that you're going through D and D allows you to work through it in a positive and a safe way. Yes. And to touch on that, I don't know if you've heard of it before, but there are actually more and more therapists using D and D as an actual therapy tool. I've heard about they it. Are, they <laughs> are not only using it for actual session. I mean, sessions in both sense of the word, but yeah, <laughs> but to, help children open up mm-hmm. they're using it to help you get through the trauma to face yep. their trauma yep they are it it really is just amazing how i mean just game therapy in general has been evolving and how it is helping people that there, there's no way they could have had this help 20 years ago 10 no. years ago for that matter mental health was in a different lo- different place and the fact that you know um dungeons and dragons was seen differently too at the end oh, yeah. of the day yeah, we are Satanist devil worshippers for that matter. Which is so ironic yeah, too, because on. I know a lot of people who are Christian, you know, you know, including myself. And I never, like, and my parents are faithful people. And when I told them about it, they were like, how? and again, this isn't, this isn't Spanish. <clears throat> They're like, how the hell are they, like, my mom, my mom is a G. <laughs> my mom is one of those people, shout out to my mom, love you, mom. But, you know, she is the type of woman that you come into her house, she's going to feed you and love on you. That's who she is. She doesn't care who the hell you are. are. Hell no. She, she'll make sure you have a full stomach and then she'll give you more food because that's her. Yeah, just don't, just don't say that you're not hungry because you're going to eat anyway. For that yeah. Matter. If you, if you better not eat, just don't eat because mama's going to fill, mama's going to mm-hmm. give you food. And she's going to, and if you take a nap, she's going to be like, yes, I did it. Like, that's just, that's just who she is. (laughs) And my mom said something really wise. She was like, for people, and she was like, it's really sad that kids, and again, she she pretty much calls everyone kids, especially if it's Mm -hmm. our generation. She's like, I, she was like, I feel bad for the kids who grew up thinking that people, that they were outcasts because of a game that they played. And she's told that to me before, especially she was like, from the connotation of the satanic panic, she was like, you know, why would someone, especially a parent, because then my mom went on a tangent, 
but she was like, why would <laughs> someone be mad at numbers? You're dealing with numbers. You're reading, mm-hmm. you're using your imagination and you're playing in a safe environment with friends. Exactly. Like, she was like, those are four great reasons why I would have you play at my house. I mean, dude, I'm almost 30. And well, this coming year, God willing, I'll be 30. Um, 2021 isn't here yet. So (laughs) cross my fingers. But um, like, you know, my mom was like, do you want to play Dungeons and Dragons here at the house for your birthday? I was like, hell yeah, mom. Like, make some food and my friends will be there. Like, that's not even I mean, that's just but I think it's taken time. It's taken time for us to get to that point. We're in a culture, in a society, as a people to finally start accepting D&D. Yes. And two things to touch on that real quick. For sure. Number one, since it's going to be at your parents' house, Age of Middle Earth 5E supplement through Cubicle 7, get them into that. I mean, there's no other way. And your mom would be making all the Hobbit food that you guys can eat. So, I mean, yep, there you pretty go. Much. That, that's pretty <laughs> much what that, you know, especially my dad being a Lord of the Rings fan, like he would exactly. be like, yep, I'm in. Yeah. I'm at, yeah. And, and speaking of some of the rule sets for that, the journey system is just phenomenal for that. Um, but apart from that, I have actually asked, my page members, you know, about mm-hmm. this can of panic and all that. And let me tell you the number of not only Catholic, Christian, Mormon, mm-hmm. Protestant, Buddhist, everyone that you can imagine saying that they not only play, but we also have priests, we have pastors, mm-hmm. we have people who are doing this as part of their Bible study groups. Yeah, and, because it, it, you're fighting, you, you are the hero in your story. You are a literal paladin who is fighting for their God against demons and devils. Yep. Like, there you go. And, and that's the thing. So like, like I'm, I'm Catholic. I, I practice my faith. I have a, like I, in my opinion, I, I find a lot of peace and joy in the faith aspect of it. And one beautiful thing, because I actually, all the people I play with, I play with a really diverse group of people. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. Um, but also the way I was raised culturally, if you come into my house, like you family, like, you know, you better bring an empty stomach because I'm gonna feed you too. Like I just got that from my mom, but I've played with a bunch of different people. Actually, we're, we're going to start playing curse of Strahd soon. And it's people I grew up with at in church. And one of them is actually a priest within the diocese here in Charlotte and he's like, I love Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, <laughs> right on. And ironically, he is playing a cleric because he was like, well, might as well. Uh, which I'm like, pick the grave domain. We're going to need it for Curse of Strahd. <laughs> like, but I didn't want a metagame. Um, and, and, and that's the thing. I've never, I was very fortunate to never really have a bad example or a bad interaction from those saying oh satanic panic satanic panic on the contrary most of my friends are either you know christians or they're other catholics they're some of them are atheists some of them are agnostic even and we all come together throw some dice we i mean at least my gaming group you know we come together we play and we 
hang out and we do whatever we eat dinner because of course I'm not going to have anyone come into my house without some type of food. Exactly. Um, Cause you know, snacks are snacks. They're snacks. We have them there. But like, I mean, I, I love to spoil my players because that's part of my love language. I love to feed people. So like we'll have carne asada and we'll, man, we'll like, yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? Whenever you come down to visit, I got you fam. Um, yes. And, and that's the thing. It's like before, when, before COVID and everything, actually on my birthday this past January, like that's really one of the last times we kind of all met. Um, <clears throat> man, that was like food was, I mean, we, I had to send people <laughs> home with like Tupperware of food, but that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty. We all come together and we have fellowship. Like you hear that more in like the kind of like Christian or, you know, and I'll be, I'll be kind of like bigger, like in that type of, I would say community, you hear fellowship a lot. And I've adopted yeah. it because that's really what D&D is to me. It's fellowship. I call my table and I'm very intentional about it. It's a sacred space. I don't say it's a safe space. It is a safe space, but I think it's a sacred space because when you're at the table, you are coming together to take a part in fellowship, to be together, to hang out together, to love one another. And to, you know, come at it from a perspective of, you know, I might not agree with you or vice versa, but we can all come together and play and hang out. And some of these guys are one of some of my best friends. And we've, we've quite literally adventured together. We've laughed together to the point of tears. We have just done tomfoolery things. I mean, we, you know, we've had the big oof moments because we really do have big oof moments. One guy <laughs> is horrible with his dice rolls. He gets like ones and twos and threes like that's That's it. So yeah, he gets big oof moments and you can like, we just know it. Um, and they make for memorable things, but that's what D&D is about. It, it really is. It is that it's a community game. I mean, Yes, you can play it with just one other person across the table from you. Mm -hmm. You can technically play it by yourself if you really wanted to, but it is a community game where you are going out and sitting down at a table with a group of friends or, I mean, virtual table nowadays and just having fun, living Mm -hmm. on Steam and living through that escapism. Yep, absolutely, man. And, you know, one thing that I do... Um, always like to tell people is to always test out, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, how to use your gifts, right? How to use your gifts, how to use your, um, how to start getting involved and start using your gifts in the community. And like you said, jump into the community, be a part of it. But also one thing that I'd like to say, and I don't, I I wonder, I want to hear your opinion on it is jump in wholeheartedly. Like, Obviously you want to be, you might want to have a little, you know, if your personality is a little timid and shy, no worries, Mm -hmm. but you know, don't hold back, like be yourself, bring your whole self to the table. And I want to get your opinion on that. What do you think about that type of philosophy, so to speak of bringing your whole self to the table and to the community? See, I agree and disagree just because of who I am in general. Oof, yeah, yeah. I am the kind of person who holds back a lot. Unless mm-hmm. I am really close to you, I am not going to be opening up. I'm mostly an introvert as well. Absolutely so understand. That does not work for me, mm-hmm. but it might work for others. 
Okay. And if that does mesh with their personality, I completely agree with that. So and maybe find your comfort zone first. Exactly. I like that. Exactly. Find your comfort zone. Find out how much you're willing to invest into it because technically, yes, it is a free game where you can download the basic rules, but you're going to want dice. You're going to want the books. You're going to see if you have hardback and or digital miniatures. I'm just starting to get into miniatures and oh my God, they are expensive. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, they're something. Ancient, <laughs> I just spoke to Shane from Ancient Layer a little bit ago and he has actually has a really cool Kickstarter. He's got some 2D miniatures coming out. Uh, coming okay, out shoot and me, shoot me the link to that when you're done oh yeah don't worry i got you bro yeah. i it, it comes live well as a time of recording it'll be live on monday so i'll shoot okay. you the link but yeah dude i mean miniatures like everyone knows i'm a, my memes are about miniatures because i have to laugh at myself at my collection like i have a i mean i'm not necessarily look i am kind of looking at my pile of shame because they're unpainted <laughs> And then I go to the game store and I'm like, ooh, more miniatures. And of course, like as I'm going, I'm like, I don't need this. Walk up to the register. I don't need this. Check out. It's, it's like the SpongeBob meme. I need it. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's exactly it. Like, And I am just getting my feet wet with miniatures. And I decided to go through the Reaper miniature part because it is, I mean, they are cheaper. They're not too bad quality and stuff like that, too. And the Reacher, and, I think the Reaper Black is what the new new line is. Really good mm -hmm. stuff, dude. So what I've been doing is I've been getting the metal miniatures for player player races and stuff, and the like black and PVC and stuff like that for um, monsters. I actually backed a Kickstarter through Blacklist Games, okay. and I should be seeing like 100 miniatures coming in December. Oh, so man, that's going to be dope. $65, dude. They're still doing late pledges, I think, too. For a hundred oh, dude. hundred and twenty, I think it was. <laughs> Dang it. Dude, my wallet's going to love me. I can send you the, the link if they still Please have Please do, actually, because, <laughs> and actually, like, Miniature Kingdom, I don't know if you've seen them on Instagram, but I won a giveaway, and I actually won another giveaway from D&D Minis, like, a while back, and I, I have a video that I actually recorded um, soon to post. And I'm like, dude, like these miniatures, like no wonder I have to budget minis because if I didn't, I would like, I remember when I was single, I would just buy minis all the time. <laughs> I just buy minis. I just, oh, I don't even have a gaming group. Uh, all right. Just buy minis. It's all good. And that's the thing about the hobby. Like, you, you know, kind of going back to what we were saying, it's like, you know, be, you know, adjust and go into the communities at your comfort level. Like, yes, if you want to, if you want to take a, if you want to take a running jump into the deep end of the pool, go for it. If you want to wade in, if you want to walk, wait, you know, go on and go, you know, kind of slowly do that too. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, don't hesitate, you know, just take the first step. It doesn't matter if it's a big step or a little step. I, I would encourage folks listening. If you want to get into D and D, just take a step doesn't matter how big just take a step yes and if you don't have a group that you can play with yet mm -hmm. then i mean learn what you can yeah. i mean if you do have the books already read them i mean absolutely there's a there's a meme by itself of know your spells and <laughs> yeah if, if you're a spellcaster or i mean just anyone just know your character because yeah. that 
just knowing your own character i mean it seems like basic something completely basic but it is one of the best things that you can do for your table create characters and write characters and if you don't have a group just create characters and you know flesh them out how you want to write them out and you know also and kind of and i'm not gonna i'll be i'll shamelessly plug this but um go to like you know discord groups i i mean i personally my discord group uh, or channel rather you can find it on the link in my instagram page where you can actually that discord has a game finder and it's mm-hmm. basically you can find people who who want to dm and who want to play games and yeah. you can also meet people and that's the beauty about this community you can meet people that if you're shy and timid you can say hey i'm just looking for a game we'll work with, we'll work with it and say hey yeah come join this game or hey i know someone who has a game you know try this out um and again and i there's also a lot of other discords so not just plugging mine but there's a bunch of them your facebook group i would assume your facebook group someone can come in and say hey I want to play a game, but I don't know yeah. where to start. Could someone help me? Yeah, and we've had a couple of those. I mean, the group isn't too big, but it has hit 3,000 members now. Heck I yeah. mean, it, it's not the 71,000 that like all things D&D Facebook group has, but I mean, hey, we can still... yet. you never know. And I mean, it's a family. <laughs> and at the end of the day, yeah. however many people, like my Discord's small, we're small but mighty. Like, and that's how I think about it. Like, who, it doesn't matter where you start and it doesn't matter how it is, as long as you can find those people and interact with those people. And you can, again, you choose your comfort level. Um, now, and one thing I want to ask, man, if people want to follow you, if people want to support what you're doing and and if people just want spicy memes, where can they follow you at? Um, at DND dads on Facebook, as well as Instagram. Awesome. I don't do Twitter. I don't do Discord because honestly, I would just be on my phone constantly at that point. Understood. But... And then your uh, your chair the the charity that you're partnering with can they find that information as well on your Instagram? Not yet. Um, okay. I haven't gone live with that yet. I w- okay. Um, no problem. When is this video going live? So pretty much. Um, um, depending on the editing and everything, obviously I'm the editor, so I have to do, uh, <laughs> double check with that, but. Um, it can, it can pretty much go live and in, in within a week or two. And again, for the audience that's listening to this, y'all pretty much get a, a notification when it goes live, um, who are just listening to the, the audio podcast form, the video, you'll, you'll see it published as well. But, um, what I can do as well and something that, cause again, I'm, I'm really about helping the community or rather I try to help the community out what I'll do for the listeners and the folks out there who are viewing this as well. Um, I'll post a link to your charity whenever you can get it to me in my uh, description. If you're viewing it or in the, um, or I'll try to put it in the comments. I'll put it, I'll put it somewhere where people can access it and they can go support the charity. They could share it if, you know, cause obviously with COVID I know it's a tough time. Yeah. So if you can't actively um, participate it with donations, you can actively participate with sharing with sending it to a coworker exactly. or a friend or whoever at the end of the day, as long as, you know, anything helps and then anything counts really. And that's the beauty of this community. Anything you do in this community is appreciated tenfold. So, I mean, that's pretty much where that's, you know, if this doesn't convince you, 
to be a part of this awesome community like I, I don't know what will but my man i appreciate you joining the the episode thank you today. for having me yeah man you're always welcome like i said you're always welcome to come talk and hang out um on the podcast folks be sure to follow um chris on instagram facebook be um be on the lookout as well for uh the link to the charity i'll be posting that soon and i'll be sharing that soon um and folks Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Hopefully it's a five-star review. Um, But those reviews actually help us um, grow in the community. It helps us grow as a podcast and it helps helps us really reach out to other members of the community and outside of the community um, to show them how cool D&D is. But in addition to that, it actually helps me gauge what you all want to listen to. I really try and I really make it an effort to listen to you, the audience, when you recommend something. So like I said, be sure to like um, like this video if you're watching the video format. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment if you're watching the video and let me know how I'm doing. Leave a review. But again, at the end of the day, Love y'all. You're a great audience. You're a great people. Remember to love one another. But as always, keep gaming. Y'all.